So what shall we look at this morning? So, well, I, was, uh, I saw something uh, yet again, and this was in the um, uh, class, email class. And um, just in, like, in today's class, how uh, everything <laughs> boils down to whether, you know, we're on here or here. Either mm-hmm. unconscious or unconscious. Mm-hmm. And because I saw the, those descriptions of um, the seven ways we uh, go on, are, you know, under stress. How we communicate under stress, yes. yes. Uh-huh. They're brilliant because uh, what I saw was it's almost like a process, you know, going from this one to this one to this one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, through the conversation, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but, but the interesting thing is, well, I mean, what's so great about it? What's so I think brilliant about it is having those and seeing that just in those hunks mm-hmm. will create. I know already a um, a way to remain conscious because uh-huh. I can start out in in any kind of conversation, you know, just conscious. Aha! Uh-huh. Even in, in an argument or whatever, you know. But it doesn't take long. That sometimes uh-huh. I get, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so many things you just said, right? So one is, it, it boils down to whether I'm here or I'm not here. Mm-hmm. That's really the what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And yet, the awareness of that, while very helpful, um, it... It's, it's almost as if we have to, to extend beyond that principle into the many ways of the application. Yes. Right? Yes. And so frameworks like the one in the email class mm-hmm. which talks about here are the various six or seven ways in which communication under stress, mm-hmm. the flavors of that. Yes. Right? Yes. As soon as that framework is offered, there's a way in which awareness can go, huh, that one, or that one, or that one. Right? Yeah. There's, a, there's a way in which it becomes consciousness becomes reflective. Yes. And so when, now I can practice while I'm in a conversation. I, I know I'm here when I start. Yes. But then I sort of like in meditation, yeah. right? The attention yeah. wanders, and yeah. you know that at that you only know you've wandered when you've come to at fourteen. Mm-hmm. Because you're supposed to have so because the attention should be counting at one through ten. The framework mm-hmm. of one through ten is what allows me to recognize when I'm at fourteen that I've wandered off. Yes. And it's the same principle with this. So yes. labeling or attacking or whatever it is, those seven ways of stress conversation. Yes. If I can see myself doing that mm-hmm. Or awareness is aware of that, then I can come back to here. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a process map. I mean, uh-huh. you know, exactly. You know, oh, I'm right here, and this I'm thinking number twenty-five. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it, it's. Uh, I'm really excited about that because, um, well, just because of exactly what you just said. I mean, because we're aware, yeah, right? It brings us it back brings us to the to moment, awareness. which is all yeah. we're ever practicing. So yeah. every framework that contributes to assisting awareness to be aware yeah. is what we're excited about. It's exactly. just another way to come back here. Yeah, because it's not so much the, the stress. I mean, it's like the stress builds because we get caught in those things. I mean, and start out maybe a little nervous. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But then, or whatever, depending on the situation. But as as this goes on, and, yeah, you know, I might go into this one or that one, that's, to me, when the stress seems to build. Right. That, the, that it's such an important point, and it's sort of what's underlying the class, right? Is there something that's called stress, or is it simply the, the, the distance from center that we are? Yeah, yeah, and how the body starts reacting. Um, yeah, that it's that. a reaction rather yeah. than a response. I'm not here in the moment. Yeah. If I'm here in the moment, I don't experience the stress yeah. of identification. Right, I don't get panicky, I don't stress, don't get any of that unless I'm not here, yeah. you know, in the first place. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's good know. training. It's exciting. Very good training. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Carol. 
I've been thinking about the email class too because I've had uh, a couple of situations arise during this particular part about stress and, and relating, so I'm having a chance to look at it. Uh-huh. Um, I, were, I think I heard this this week that these triggery interactions come up because either conditioning is trying to keep us stuck or it's trying to mask something. Is that correct? That would be, that sounds accurate. Give me, say, say a little bit more. Well, I, that's all I, I heard. That's the end of the sentences from the year-long retreat uh-huh. that, I, that I remember. Uh-huh. And, um, and so... So let me see if I can reflect okay. that. Keeping us stuck, that is, uh, ego is always attempting to keep ego alive. Yeah. Right? Or, because the attention is on egocentric karma conditioning, self-hate, we can't see what is here. Is that what you said? Well, yes. I was kind of saying what I thought I heard. So I think that was correct. Okay. Um, And so, in our first discussion, what comes up is, um, like I have, I've been going to this angry place real quickly with a certain co-worker and, um, and I'm trying to watch it in light of this email class and I, sometimes I just am there and it's just like, it's him, right? It's not, it's him, you know, <laughs> instead of his ego. I'm trying to, you know, see yeah. that. And I'm that not is brilliant. There yet. Yeah. But it's, I'm aware that I'm doing that thing of blame, you know, and, mm. and judgment. Mm. Oh, that, that's just, I mean, so I don't know how many times I've heard Sherry say, we're just watching. Mm. Because it's the very Zen place which we, uh, we sort of approach eventually. If I'm watching, I'm not that. Mm. Right? That's the, that's the getting there to me. Right? So what, what you're describing is so, um, so interesting. Right, Carol? Because it defines a level of presence and practice that you've trained in. Mm-hmm. So here, here you are with this person, right? Mm-hmm. And you watch yourself get, you, you watch yourself, now you watch yourself getting angry. Mm-hmm. Before you would say, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Because the identification with the reaction is so complete, right? So in, input, trigger, Output is identification. I am angry. Mm-hmm. Now you can say, I am watching myself get angry. Which implies that you're not identified with what is angry. Okay. You're watching yourself, watching the process of the reactivity to the co-worker and the process of blame towards the co-worker. So what we're practicing, I mean, it doesn't mean that you, you, you can, maybe at some point in our lives, we get to the place where the, the person does what they do, and there's no reaction here. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good, it is interesting to see, right? Yeah. That that too is something you want to see. What yeah. says that that is what you're going for? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And then there's still stuff or communicate, so then uh, when the person doesn't do anything, and me is my type one part, is all, you need to be doing something, and so now I'm having to do it, um, then it, it struck me, oh, I could say, I was hoping you were going to do XYZ, and that was a better thing, because it brought it out into the open instead of me having to suffer silently. You know? That's right. Yeah, and so, but that—that's—that's that's pure mastery. It's not a requirement, oh. you know, okay. because to me the uh, there's a, there's so much of practice that allows us to see what I really need to communicate. What's really going on for me is I'm upset about the fact that my conditioning is triggered in this moment. <laughs> Right? And so oftentimes, that's why in the communication book, the first thing I do is pick up the recorder and really get clear about what's going on. Right? Because if, if I'm in relationship with someone and what they do triggers my conditioning, 
then what I'm going to say comes out of my conditioning, and what I don't say is also going to come out of my conditioning, right? And so there's a lot of suffering because there's no, there's no presence in that interaction. So the first place I'm going to practice with that is with the recorder. It's like, what's going on for me? And clearly for you, it's really, it's, it's that I have a belief that it needs to be done this way. This person is not being, not doing it this way, and so I'm upset. But what's really going on is you're being talked to, but because you're never, you would never be allowed to not do whatever it is that uh, you were required to do, right? So you're beaten bloody here, and there's a, that all that sensation in the body that, that then gets translated into the resentment of the one, which is the reason I'm feeling this way is because you won't do what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so that's at the content level, but on the process level, you completely realize that the, the beliefs and assumptions that you have had to survive with is what's causing this stress. And so you can talk to her, you can say, it's all right, you know what, you're not going to die because somebody is not doing the right thing and you're not going to die. Right, you, you, we take care of it here, at which point the energy of that reaction may or may not show up at that point. And where you are is, it shows up. But you're not reacting, you're watching. And you get to the point of going, oh wow, I can actually say, you know what, I was hoping that you would do this. I mean, to be able to be that present in that moment is a, it, it's the, it's mastery, Carol. I guess a hundred times of doing it the other way, there's... That's right. <laughs> that, that's right. That, that we find it, and we find that it's available in that moment. Yeah. But it takes a lot of practice to, to be present enough not to go to the anger. And it's a stage-by-stage stage process. You take care of this, you take care of... Uh, this, <laughs> and then maybe it's available to you at that moment to go. You know what? It would. And, and and I love the way you said it. I was hoping you would, rather than it's your job. Why the hell aren't you doing it? Or this is your responsibility. Why are you falling down on your responsibility? Or whatever the conditioned reaction, that judgmental, critical process that wants to make you feel bad and make the other person feel bad too. Yeah. In that moment, it feels like that's the right way to do it, to make them feel bad for what they did. But it really is only so short-lived, you know. Exactly, because it's going to turn around and say, gosh, that, that you failed again, Carol. You're so judgmental, right? <laughs> you did that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, thank you for laying it out that way to see that process. That's really helpful. Yeah. 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 And so uh, it's sort of the, um, the apex of facilitation. To be able to be so present that you don't, you, you're so aware of what is really going on for you, which is, I wish you would do that. And I can give you that information without getting all upset about it, and actually be all right if you choose not to do it. <laughs> right? Because you're owning your experience. I was hoping, I don't know whether you knew, whether you, you feel like you should, or what's going on for you. But what I would like to say to you is, I was hoping you would do that. Yeah, and thank you for saying that it's us, it's me reacting to my condition and getting triggered. That that's really helpful. Yeah, that's that's what we're exploring in that class. It's got nothing to do with authenticity being there, because really you don't want to do that. You don't want to be upset or blaming or critical or resentful or any of those things. But that's how the survival identity has has worked through your life. And the most important thing is what we talked about. I'm not identifying with that. That's not who I am. That's just the reaction. That's the process that shows up in this moment. Which I watch. Yeah, watch. Thank you. Thank you. Michael. Uh, Yeah, I was just following along with that, about communication. And uh, what I was saying is that um, when I'm more clear in myself with what's going on, if I'm upset or something, then, um, as you said, that's the first clarity I want to get. And then whatever it is that's going to come out will hopefully come from that more clear, less judgmental, yeah. less critical place. Yeah. Um, and the other piece I was seeing from the communication book, um, I think there's a section there about a little 
preamble before I before I start on a uh-huh. sensitive subject with you. Of, uh-huh. uh, you know, I'm not sure if uh, you were where I am with this, but I wanted to bring up that yes. you know some kind of kind of uh, preamble or uh, yeah. sensitization or um, yeah. sort of we're going to have. I'd like to have a this sort of the meaning is. I'd like to have a conversation, but I don't want to bring judgment and criticism to it. Yeah. So there's two things in the communication book, right? One is the power of the uh, the preamble, as you talked about it, right? Which so, says uh, whatever, and the processing protocol that we talk about, yeah. mm-hmm. where when we process, we establish this is what we're doing. So I want to talk to you about something. Uh, is this a good time for me to have that conversation, <laughs> right? And so I'm going to say what I'm going to see. I'm going to completely own my experience, and then right. you get to say what you see. And that's the that's why it's so safe to be in a group. Because the protocol right. is established. There will be nothing in this exchange right. that is does not come from what we're both trying to do here, which is to yes. see, mm-hmm. get to clarity. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, imagine if we could establish that protocol with everybody that we engage with right. in this world. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, so that reminds me, I had a conversation yesterday with my um, older son and my partner. And he's not particularly communicative. Um, he, he's a good kid, and uh, he's 14. But he just doesn't, you know, how was school? Fine. You know, even if something like big happened, for good or bad, and so something um, difficult, challenging happened in the classroom, I think it was Thursday, or, um, but we never really had a chance to talk about it. So I wanted to just hear from him just what happened. And um, I could tell immediately, you know, as I gave the little preamble, that he was not interested in talking about it. Um, so it was good just to sort of repeat that I'm not here to judge, you know, explicitly. We're not here to judge you or punish you. Or I'm just curious how this thing, because um, something was said and the teacher interpreted it, you know, in a, in a, as a racist comment. And so it was all, um, it was all, you know, sort of heavy um, uh, to talk about, you know, racism and communication and, and what is that and... Um, Clearly, people have difficulty talking about it because it comes up all the time. Um, but it was interesting to just kind of lay the groundwork to just, you know, I just want to explore this. I'm just curious. Because I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. I'm not here to judge you or punish you. You know, and to get a little bit from him about what happened. And then to say, okay, great. We're done. I, I, here's what I've noticed. And I'm done. I don't, I'm not asking any more of you. Mm-hmm. And did that did that did that feel good? Like where did that leave you? Yeah. Um yeah. It left me um sort of you know, because we never know. Mm-hmm. And um it's like my other younger son talks a lot, so I kinda have a sense of where he is and what's going on. Uh but the older one doesn't talk as much, so uh uh, I guess I, I ended up feeling like hearing sort of as much as I could hear and expressing as much, um, you know, my perspective and um, sort of non-judgment about the whole thing, um, which I think is about as good yeah. as we can get. Yes, because I think what you're pointing at, right, Michael, is so important in terms of oftentimes... The communication is for me. <laughs> right. Yes. Right? Because yeah. the, the, um, I get, I deal with whatever's going on here. Yes. And then I have to give information, which involves an exchange of information or an exchange right. of whatever. But what I'm choosing to be in this interaction is kind, non judgmental, and compassionate mm-hmm. without stepping back from the role that I play in this relationship, which requires me to be in this interaction with this other person, my son in this case, right? Right. And so once there's, that's a centered, very sort of mature approach to go, I've I've dealt with what's going on here. Mm. Now the appropriate thing in this situation is to be kind and compassionate and choose to be that and model that Mm -hmm. 
so much more than actually having a conversation around racism, right? Because what right. you are embodying in this in this interaction is what you hope the person you're talking to is going to take away us, right? Yes. Non-judgmental, non-critical, accepting, which is what Sherry always points to. Children learn from how we are, not what we say. Because if you had been judgmental and critical, it would have been no different than whatever he's experiencing from here right. that causes him to say whatever he, he's identified with from here. Right, yeah. right. And what landed for me from what you just said is that the um, communication is for me. So um, I think what you, you can tell me if I'm on track here, what you're pointing at is that um, something's going on for me and I felt I need to communicate about it. That's right. Also, I'm the parent of this child, and so I willingly take that role. And um, who knows what he got out of it? That's right. Which is not up to you. Right. 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 Because he was he was done with it like right after it happened. Right. He, he was not interested in talking about it anymore. Right. Um, so that's um, good to see. Right. Because there was, I think I did do recorder first with myself to kind of get a sense of, yeah. and then just kind of curious about. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't there, and I there was I had a very brief conversation about it, and right. tell me. Yeah. So you were able to say what your in other, in other words, you were able to communicate truly rather than suffer over it, right? Should I yes. say something? Yes. Yes. But what is he going to say? What is he going to think? That right. all of that conditioned. Right. stuff that we can identify with. But the clarity is, this is something that I need to say. This is what's going mm-hmm. on for me. Mm-hmm. It's my concern, and I'm going to do it as in an as-centered mm-hmm. a way that I can. And that's what I'm training to, which is to rescue this human being mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. anything that uh, this is going to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'll put it out there. No attachment to outcome or complete mm-hmm. ownership of this. Yeah. Yeah, he's a teenager, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's not an excuse. Right. Right? Yeah. Which, is what, which is what you're laying out for. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, before I... I just want to say these conversations. I, what, what's, what's, what I'm getting is just an amazing um, unconditional love mm-hmm. that... That people are practicing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we all are practicing, but just uh, it's very touching. <laughs> um, what I've been noticing, uh, it sort of goes back to what Phil started with in the email class, the, uh, the different sections, some comments that came in from conditioning that just, I, I think if we weren't doing the classes, I may not have gotten them. And the one was... What else are you going to do besides these seven things? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm stunning. Let's see. That was one, and then the other. And it's was sort of self-revelatory because it does all of them and yeah. it doesn't do anything else. Right. And in that moment, I I didn't have an answer because I, it was sort of being right in between uh-huh. the identity, but no, but seeing it at the same time. So that was one. And the other was watching the resistance. Watching the resistance to um, going through, oh, in looking at these, quote, negative or these things that we do as humans, conditioned things. And I was, what's that resistance about? And what I saw in that was that it, <laughs> it's conditioning saying, You've already been told you're not supposed to be looking at the weeds, uh, the negative. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay, busted again. I mean, it was, it was so. Uh, I don't think I've seen it in that way, where it, it basically is blanking everything else out and saying, no, you really aren't supposed. To. Again, it's what you're not supposed to do, what you're doing wrong, uh-huh. and uh, it was. It was just so fascinating to see. Right, which is the which is a lot several things about that. Right, Jen dropped in. One is the class itself is the workshop. Yeah. Right. Just just being able to read the class is the workshop because you can watch the process kick up in terms of its reaction to it. Right. Conditioning. Conditioning's reaction. Yeah. Reaction. 
never a response, conditioning's reaction to it. And you saw two things. The first one being that place of what else are you going to do? And the other being the resistance. And to me, the as we step back from and keep training ourselves to observe conditioning, what we get to is disidentified from it. In other words, it's saying what else are you going to do is really just a project it's a it's a clue to what is talking. Right? It's self-descriptive of conditioning, not authenticity. And so, again, that resistance, as you, for you, the process place it went to is, okay, I'm being told that I'm doing something wrong again. There's this training where you don't look at the weeds, you don't look at the negative. But if you turn that back to what's talking about it, it's just, it's what we were started out with Carol. Don't look at me. Yeah. I don't want to be seen for what I am. Let's make that about you instead. And, and it's just so wonderful because the longer we practice in looking, I mean, again, it's knowing the way so that we don't destroy the flowers or, you know, however we want to look at that. But it was, it's just, it's so tremendously helpful. And it also took me to what I've been loving for a long time. And Sherry mentioned it this week on the morning radio show. He's the prodigal son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when, now when I sit, and I'm, I come back, I mean, you know, I'm sitting, I've been off, I come back, there's that smile. Yeah. And it's just, that's becoming the norm instead of... Yes. I mean, it isn't that there was always getting beat up, I don't mean that, but there wasn't always the smile, there wasn't always the celebration or the welcome home. Yes. And that's, that's becoming the norm. Yeah. And it's just like... I don't want to say it's why we practice, but it's what we're allowed to see and experience, what I'm allowed to see and experience when I don't practice. Yes. And, and it wouldn't be a stretch to say it's why we practice, right? Because I think it's going back to the analogy of the weeds in the garden, right? So if I'm only, if, if I don't know what a weed is, I'm going to throw out the flower. So there's a stage of practice, I, I look to see the difference between, I'm, I'm taught what's the difference between a weed and a flower. And then I'm encouraged not just to see the weeds, but to also see the flower. And that's perhaps why when I come back, there's a smile. Because if there wasn't the, uh, wasn't the training to notice the flowers, that wouldn't be available to come to. Right? So, so there's a way in which the practice of knowing weeds is important. And the practice of celebrating flowers is also important because only then can we be the awareness from which weeds and flowers can be seen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the experience of that is non-judgment. It's love. It's a smile. It's a celebration. I saw that. I saw the flower and I saw the weed. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And what, what that, re- that resistance to negativity going back to what Carol was talking about, is is there for us simply for day 16, Jen. <laughs> right? Because, okay, day 16 of the year-long retreat. Because in that moment, we don't want to identify with, I'm the weak, you're the one who's seeing the negativity. That, that voice is the voice of conditioning saying, don't look at me. And why day 16 can be so hard. That's right, because we're so used to being impossible. That's right, because because the person here is is goodness and has been trained to identify with with anything when it's being pointed at as a flaw. You're not, it didn't, you're not supposed to look at negative stuff. You did something wrong if you did. Prevents us from looking at it and going, you're negative. This is not negative. What is looking and what is aware is completely aware that it's not negative. Thank you. Well, uh, just have a little story about the prodigal son. Uh-huh. Uh, 
in the first part of my life, because I saw this when I was in the monastery, it was just, um, maybe that was the reading of the day and I was looking at it or something, but um, I had always identified with the prodigal son. Uh-huh. You know, I, begging forgiveness or whatever it is. And I remember this one time when I was uh, there and in that place, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, I suddenly had identified with the father welcoming the, fa- the prodigal son mm-hmm. back. And that's, the, that's what we've been practicing forever since, mm-hmm. you know, is the, the uh, moving from that place to uh, the place, say, of the mentor or of the divine life. And um, that's, that was the, my first experience of that. And um, it was like a miracle. I couldn't hardly, you know, then we didn't have a lot of this practice. But uh, we had enough. And it was like, uh, you know, a miracle. And um, it was amazing. And, and when I see it now, you know, you know, in those love letters, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning I was saying, wow, you can't hardly tell. Who's talking? Well, it's pretty obvious who's talking now. You know, it's, and it's really, really um, wonderful. And and somebody said it on one of the radio uh, shows, and I I had that same experience where um, I think that one little practice is what's changed my whole relationship with, um, you know, Life, whatever it is. The practice of writing the love letters. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and recording them and listening, listening to them and yeah. um, like that because it, it's as the time has gone on that that the who's talking part, uh, who's who's writing, I guess, and who I'm listening to has become very clear. Yeah. 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 yeah it's such a it's such a curious thing, right? Because mm-hmm. it takes it's a process of of dissolving. At some level, I'm only identified with what I'm not. Right. Right? right. And then we, when we realize that that's a process and I start disidentifying with it, there is the, there is the um, training to identify with all that I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Not what I'm not. Mm-hmm. And that from all that I am, there are so many perspectives of that. There is the perspective that sees all unconditionally. Yeah and embraces all unconditionally, and whatever it is that's having the experience of life itself. Yes. And I think the lack of separation there is so lovely, that's right? So, it, yeah, not only is it all rolled up together, it, well, it, it, that's it, it's just all rolled up together. It's rolled up together, and it's distinct. And it's distinct. It's yeah. in that I am not limited to being... Um, a box of survival. Mm-hmm. My experience of being all that is is porous because it, it's a continuum that I inhabit. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they, that I live in a world where uh, all the lines are defined, mm-hmm. right? right? Which is what it looks like when you're living in a dualistic world of opposites. You're either ugly or you're beautiful, you're fat mm-hmm. or you're thin. Mm-hmm. But in the allness of it, I can be all of it and there is no... Um, there isn't that sense of uh, it. It can't coexist yes. just because it's distinct. Right, right. And the really, I mean, the amazing part to me is, and I've noticed this for a long time now, because you're meditating, and I've gone off, uh-huh. and I haven't, I've kind of, you know, noticed it, but it's not quite noticed it enough to bring it back or something. Then all of a sudden, it's like life does it, and um, I'm in the exact place I want to be. It's not like I had to find my way back or yes. whatever it is. And I noticed that in other things too, like in these processes where, um, like yesterday, I had to uh, buy something, and uh, I always look around on the internet to read the reviews and do all that stuff. But it gets pretty clear pretty fast what I want what I need, you know. And this time, it didn't. And I was wondering why. It was becoming like, this was taking way too long, you know, um, 
Uh, and it was because <laughs> there were so many of these things out there that they were all alike and they were all pretty good and nobody had, a, you know, there was no definite opinion about them. And, but what I saw was that slowly, again, there got all this kind of jumbledness got to a clarity. And um, sometimes with hardly any effort, even though, you know, it might be better not to be so long in the jumble than this, but you know what I mean? It just yes, kind I, of if I, clears up? Yes. Well, so what? It's it's guidance, right? Oftentimes, if you're if it, it's I don't know how else to say this, right, Phil? But I think it, it becomes our experience that if the clarity is not there, then it's not time for the clarity. Like the mud hadn't cleared. I That's just right. Saw that. it, yeah, it, it, and it so really uh, and can you wait time. for the mud to settle? Yeah, and yeah. then you'll be found. Right, the that it'll match, and we develop such a tremendous trust of that process yeah. that when instead of listening to this interpreter, it's taking too long that or it's too turbulent it's or a waste of time. Right, the fact that there is no clarity for mm-hmm. me is the biggest information that life is giving me that I haven't gone through what I have got to go through in order for the hen and the chick to meet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm being, that's the information that life is giving me. And being able to tune into life's message mm-hmm. rather than conditioning, especially when, because sometimes life doesn't talk in uh, on pulses, right? It talks, it, it gives us information by not saying something. That's right, in between the thoughts. Right, yeah. and so how do you train to listen to that? It's a mm-hmm. magnificent process, which is why we say blessed is the knowledge of emptiness. Mm-hmm. Because when I can know what emptiness is telling me, mm-hmm. now I'm in true guidance. Right. So the and it's true. The clarity, the jumble might still be there, but as long as can, we're not entertaining that this is a waste of time, we shouldn't be. Yeah, you know. Then the uh, that's the space where the clarity can right. happen. What? What? Yeah. I'm here for what? I'm mm-hmm. recognizing it's not happening. It's not time. I don't know. Great. Yeah. So that means I'm just going to have to continue to stay here till presence meets. Communication. <laughs> so, exactly. It's lovely. It's it a is. great process to be part of. It is. It is. Thank you. Um, I was, this has been really good. I'm really happy to be here. Um, and looking at um, a process that's similar to what was said earlier about talking to my older daughter uh-huh. and the knowledge of emptiness uh-huh. rang a bell there because how was your day at school? Fine. <laughs> Emptiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, okay. And then uh, occasionally, when I get home, she goes, How was your day at work? Uh-huh. And I go, Fine. <laughs> <laughs> because, am I really going to sit down with her and go, Well, I'm working with this guy in QA who's having this kind of an issue, and I'm really trying to get on, you know. Am I really going to give her this knowledge of the universe of my work in order to answer her question uh, in a way that she might be able to relate to if I educate her for maybe five years on how my work worked? Um, or what exactly is it that I want out of that interaction? Of, you know, how was your day at school? What is it that I want? And what... And, and when I when I'm dissatisfied with the response, mm-hmm. you know, the, with the length or content or I guess subtlety in the response, fine, you know, there isn't much there. Um, I look at what she sees. Mm-hmm. You know, I look through her eyes and try to see what's modeled for her. Mm-hmm. You know, what's modeled for her is it was fine. Mm-hmm. And the thought of well, you're just not going to understand all the mm-hmm. things that go on for me. On both sides of the divide. <laughs> so true. Yes, so it gets it. I develop compassion. Yeah. I develop understanding. I develop. Ah, okay. Now I see where she's coming from, mm-hmm. and I might be able to maybe change the narrative yes. in a different way. Mm-hmm. And um, 
model a little bit differently, mm-hmm. ask the question a little bit differently, do the type of maybe a preamble type of a thing uh-huh. to, hey, let's uh, get into this, you know. And, and then um, she complains to me sometimes about my younger daughter when she, because we're so blessed that she can go pick up my younger daughter from school, and she says, ah, you know, I try to talk to her. And she goes, <laughs> all this information yeah. <laughs> about how our family, we all talk to each other, and kind of our family karma, yeah. you know, and hey, what can we do to support each other through this the way a family should, you know, and so much for me, I get tripped up in just the way a dad is supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, the job that I'm supposed to have, you know, I've had so many experiences like that where it's like something controversial happened at school, and I need to get onto that, because if somebody asks me, hey, what did your kid do at school? I need to ask the answer. Mm-hmm. She did this, and this, and then that happened, and that person is the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Not my kid. You know, I gotta have this whole story built up around it. And if I'm released from that, mm-hmm. I can just be what there needs to be in the moment, and, you know, when someone comes and asks me a question like that, I can just be like, I don't know, what do you think? You know, and I can just kind of release myself from all that stress and pressure that I feel mm. all the time. And so, just it's like a, when I look at it, it's a mountain of guidance that I've received in that area. And, you know, that's easy to ignore, but then eventually I just feel overwhelmed by the guidance. Mm. And it's just like, yes, this is how it's going yes. to go, and this is how it's going to break open. Yes. So, so much in what you said, Tom. I'm not sure I can track, I can tell, reflect all the processes, but the first place that, that mountain of guidance image is so, uh, it's so related to our last conversation that if we're being sought, then we're being told. You know, there's, there's, we feel like this is very powerful and this is very, uh, entrenched. But because I'm in the process of practice, I'm also inviting that process that is going to, to get me out of the, of my relationship yes, with this. Yes. And so to recognize, oh, this piece of information, and this piece of information, and this piece of information, like almost like water dripping, it breaks the dike open because the pressure of what life is trying to communicate with you overwhelms the attention to the conditioned process, and then we have that dissolving into, yeah, got it, I'm here. Finally, I'm on the same page as what it is that I'm being told. And so the other thing that I noticed when you said that, right, it was all about how the conditioning gets revealed in such a compassionate way for you, right? So I have this, I, I suffer in some way when I receive this from my daughter. And when I look at that, I really recognize that the conditioning that's operating for her is the conditioning that's operating me. In other words, all of us are seeking to escape from conditioning. But I can't, I can't see it that way when I'm in it. When my conditioning is operating, I can't see that it's the same thing that's operating her. Because here I am being the concerned father, and I'm receiving monosyllabic responses. What's going on here? But what's going on here is how I've been trained is how she's being trained too. So what we both need to do is to get out of the conditioned trap so that we can connect authentically, right? Because she saw that happening with her little sister. And so that compassion of, so how can I be the difference? How can I be the change? How can I model that so that there's a different option for us? Because I see what's going on, and I see it through compassion. And so that I'm not necessarily trying to educate her about my work. But it's what I think Sherry talks about. You always can talk about your process with your kids, which encourages them to talk about their process with you. You're not asking them about their... uh, I mean, asking them to be vulnerable in a way you're not going to be. So, yeah, I'm having this really hard... And it, she doesn't need to know anything about Kuwait because what she's really... What she's really... Even in the fine interaction is simply that there's somebody interested in her life 
and I'm connecting at the energetic level, even if I have no clear understanding of your universe. But I know yours. what you're communicating to me is, I'm important enough in your life that you're going to share with me your life. And that is all we really want in a communication. Yeah, and the focus on process is so important because... Like, like I said, you know, I get involved in all the little contents in my work, you know, and if I want to tell somebody what happened today, ooh, content, content, content. Right. But it, to make a connection, that mm-hmm. doesn't fit. The no. connection comes through that process. Awesome. And when I think about what, what do I want to know about how her day went, I don't want to know, I went to that class, I went to that class, I saw that person, you know, I don't want to know that. I want to know, how'd you feel? How, yeah. What did you see? You know, yes. and, what was inspirational, or what was a real downer, you know, and, exactly. and how did that feel for you? And, mm-hmm. and that, being in touch with the clarity that you have about what you're really asking, allows you to ask the question mm-hmm. in a different way. Not in the conditioned way of, how is, I mean, it's a, it's a call response and conditioning. How are you? Fine, right? That's the, that's the level of connection that happens in conditioned mind. But if I'm here and say, oh, well, I remember you had this presentation at school. How did that go? Or who gave the best presentation? There's the communication of the true interest in her. Not about her day, right? And it's a beautiful process that the clarity that we have when we're asking that question allows us to communicate the fullness of what, what we're asking for. And that we've paid attention to it, we're aware of it, we're interested in it, and then I'm communicating that interest. And that modeling might, might assist her to ask you that question, or when you ask, get the question for you to model, here's how I, how I want to hear the answer from you. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you. But, um, such rich... Richness? Yes. Richness. Richness. Um... For the practice that I've been endeavoring in, uh, the love letter has been really fascinating uh, because as I started really hearing them, they were very focused on doing. Mm. Oh, you did this, and you did this, and you did, and that turned out so well, and that was great, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I switched it to kind of like process. You know, just much more about, wow, and, you know, I don't know, more recognition of being rather than, than uh, you know, and, and being with. Like, yeah, yeah, we were right there for that thing that happened that was just inelegant and, you know, um, we're practicing no self-hate right now and, yes, that's good. That's, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Nothing's wrong. You know, you're enough. Kind of that sort of, uh, which yeah. has been really a huge shift, I feel like. Oh, it's unbelievably different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I would project, right, that, that you had to start in the place you started in order to recognize it wasn't speaking to what she was looking for. Possibly. <laughs> yes. Uh, when you say it's what she was looking for, certainly it felt like ego was like, oh, good, you know, I did good. Uh-huh. Right. But, but, yeah, in that sense of being able to recognize, well, actually what I what it felt like is more, I didn't want to reinforce that. that okay. okay. That's a much better way of saying it. So I think what you're, what you're pointing at is, originally there was a way in which it was satisfactory, right? That there was a, a reflection of the performance mm-hmm. that went to, that's what I want to be recognized for, mm-hmm. right? There was a, mm-hmm. a mirroring there yeah. that felt really good. Yeah. And that that's not, that's not unconditional. Right. Which also dies right. on us, which is where we right. graduate to the being with. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. And, and to me, it's the same conversation that we had before. At least in my experience with the love letter, there's a witnessing of your life, mm-hmm. which is what, what it becomes. 
Uh-huh. So I, I noticed that way in which you, that flower made an impression on you. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. how your heart was open when mm-hmm. you saw the bee coming and landing on that flower, mm-hmm. or the scent of that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a way in which someone or something is so interested, is paying so much attention to the awareness registering in you, yeah. whether it is... Oh, and you, and I know that was hard for you. That was a hard moment. Yeah. Or that was a beautiful moment for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It is truly a loving witness to your life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It goes beyond the content into yes. the communication of I really want to be here with you and I, and I am. Yes. You know? Yes. I am. Yes, that's the shift from the content to the process, yeah. which yeah. is... In the previous example of I saw, oh, you did this and you kept your commitment there, whatever, what we sense is there is a way in which that acknowledgement is is also great, but where it's coming from is a different place. Yeah. And yeah. so you could she could still she the, the writer, writer of the letter could still say, I'm really proud of you and that would land. Yes. <laughs> but it's that process place of everything I'm saying to you is the mechanism by which I'm going to communicate the extent mm-hmm. of love in the form of attention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is being mirrored here. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to say it. That's a great way to say it. And, uh, and I saw something this morning that I thought was really fascinating. I went to a, a little dinner party last night, and there were people there that I, had, I only knew the one couple slightly and met everybody else knew and I was um, kind of the odd person out you know I was um, of, of a very western culture and they were more steeped in kind of eastern culture and uh, and they asked me a question they said you know blah 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 and I answered it from this very western place <laughs> and uh and they, you know there was it, that was fine. It was you know, and we just they, we we just went on with the conversation and everything. And uh, and another thing, some you know, they asked me what do I do, and I say I you know work here and um, study and uh, all that. And one woman said, Oh, I'm so interested. I'm so interested. And, and usually what happens is I get all excited about that person being interested, and I want to sell them on it. And so I just said. Yeah, that's great. I'm happy to share the the website with you, and maybe you could look at it and sort of see if you if you're interested. And there was this clarity of she's she's just making conversation, which was actually really nice for this human not to feel like she's under pressure to be able to communicate and convert and convert <laughs> exactly um, any, anyone. Uh, so I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but, but I got home and, uh, and I was able to see the first thing, the communication of how I answered that question from a very, I didn't, you know, that was, that was how I would answer that question without getting beaten up for, I didn't answer it the way that they would have answered it, uh-huh. you know, because they know different information than I do. And I just answered from this very innocent kind of, you know, very conditioned white place of just, you know, that's that's how or Western place of that's how that's how I would have answered that question. So it's really nice to let go of any kind of judgment or review about answering that question. And then when it came to this other part about this woman being interested, it was really fascinating because I was so happy to be so clear. That what I sensed in that moment was that she was just making conversation. And then what I was even happier to see, right, on the heels of that was, and I can even go to a deeper level of letting go of, and I don't know if she was just making conversation. Yeah, which is where I was going. Exactly. I mean, it was that fabulous sense of my conditioned response was normally, I gotta, I gotta convert. So something completely opposite, which is the duality of she has no interest, to going to I don't know. we have no idea, and, and and I'm so happy to be in a place of it may something may have landed, but something mm-hmm. may not have. So yeah. I don't have to do any. See, it goes back to the love letter. I actually don't 
we don't have to do anything. That's right. Yeah. If I may rephrase what you said, or reframe what you said, it's in the in 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 the first interaction there could have been the self hate on it mm-hmm. because the self hate would have said you should have been more sensitive, you should have been more present to your your whatever you shouldn't have you should have thought about it or whatever. So what what regardless of what happened in that moment or where the response came from, it just happened that way. Exactly. Right? And so a post review of whether or not it was conditioned or not is completely irrelevant because who are we looking to for the answer? Right. 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 So letting go of that is a place of liberation. Yeah. And the second instance of, of interaction to recognize that to be to recognize where I am in the process map. Right, because the next sticky would have been me getting excited and me uh, being doing a sales job yeah. on this yeah. woman, yeah. and to not go there and just whatever arose for you to say was offered, yeah. right? Yeah, and then there's a post-processing of that, yeah, yeah. right? Which yeah. is okay. What happened here, and what what is the issue? Is it whatever? This is the duality, and to get to that place of I have no idea what was going on for her, but I know that what went on for me in that moment is that there was something that I sensed. I did not go to my conditioned place. And what arose was awful. Yeah, exactly. And it's over. And it's done. But that's the biggest point. That's like what I'm really like seeing now in every moment. Like this moment is done. <laughs> it, that's like scary for ego. That's really, really scary to let go of that moment that, that is now done. No one is making quiet. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Carolyn, I'm, um, I'm very aware of there's someone here who is so excited to be here and so happy and who's been participating and just like wants to raise her hand and say here. Yeah. You know, that, that, um, and, 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 and looking at, uh, I was noticing there was so much energy, um, and, and like a response to, to every conversation and seeing how I get talked into you need to do something with this energy. You need to dispel it somehow or disperse it. And at the same time, Kind of looking at well, movement and stillness not being different things. Mm. That I can sit in stillness and feel the movement, mm. and I can be moving and feel that center of stillness inside. And that I'm here no matter what. Yes. However it looks. How? Yes. Yes. Right, because I think what you're pointing to, right, Callum, is that the, the conditioning is, if I'm participating here wholeheartedly, then I have to say something. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's a way in which it doesn't have to be externally validated to be your experience. Exactly. And to be able to rest in that, there's no, there's no way I could have been here more, part of every conversation Yes. Which to me is an interesting perspective of um, intelligence is connected all the time. Yes. That there's that 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 there's a way in which we feel a part of all that is that is an internal experience. Yes. And if we can rest in it rather than being asked to move out of it by externalizing it, yes. it's a it's a beautiful thing because you're, there's no separation there. It's a completely subjective experience of participation. Yes, and seeing that, I there was the energy to communicate that. Absolutely, but not in the place of I need to say something, but this is what this is the this movement. Is, this is the movement, <laughs> and it's just this lovely internal mirror that it's like there's this big smile being reflected back. You know, and it's just, uh, it's such a, it's such a, I don't have a word for it, that all-encompassing 
nothing excluded practice that that's what allows me to have that experience mm-hmm. yeah 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 and and I, I think you're pointing to that it's not possible to if I had a lotus then I would show it to you and then we'd have that moment right? yeah because it's not communicable sometimes yeah. we try but yeah yeah it's that um that that absolute delight in that experience of that vastness. Yeah. Yeah. The absolute delight in the experience of that vastness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, everyone.